0: You ever watch this guy on television? You all were not telling the truth, and you should not be trusted. Congressman
1: Matt Gates, thank you for what you yeah. did for your country tonight. Be
0: offended with the Democratic whip, not House Republic Republicans. Like a machine, Matt Gates. Welcome to Hot Takes. This is Congressman Matt Gates, And you know if Sean Hannity and President Trump are both in my intro music, and they're both on the same stage together doing a town hall, then we got to cover it. That's the news. Let's talk about it. Here's Sean Hannity and the president and some of their best exchanges.
2: First of all, we have arrested, I think almost, but it could be over the number, hundreds of people. We have arrested a lot of people for what they've done. They've created uh, bedlam. They've destroyed very important things. I mean, you're also talking about statues of George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, uh, they'd like to get Jesus, you know that, right? They said uh, we want to get Jesus. had yeah,
1: Sean King, the radical. And these have yeah.
2: nothing to do with uh, any particular event, other than they're troublemakers or agitators, and they're anarchists.
1: You see, in Chicago last weekend, 102 of our fellow citizens were shot; 12 were children, and 14 died. The carnage existed all throughout these years that Joe Biden was vice president, Barack was president. Um, I DON'T KNOW ANY REFORMS THAT THEY PUT IN PLACE AFTER FERGUSON OR AFTER BALTIMORE OR MANY OTHER INCIDENTS.
2: THEY DID VIRTUALLY NOTHING. AND I CALL HIM CORRUPT JOE. HE'S CORRUPT AND YOU LOOK AT THAT ADMINISTRATION, THEY'VE HAD MORE AND till YOU SEE WHAT'S HAPPENING BECAUSE YOU SAW THE NOTES NOW FROM THE OVAL OFFICE MEETING AND ALL OF THE THINGS. WE'RE GOING TO GET TO THAT. WHAT'S HAPPENING IS A DISGRACE. THIS IS A CORRUPT SITUATION. HE IS A CANDIDATE THAT WILL DESTROY THIS COUNTRY. AND HE MAY NOT DO IT HIMSELF, he will be run by a radical fringe group of lunatics that will destroy our country. And people have to know that.
0: I think we're seeing uh, the president with a new sharpness to his focus and to his message. And I got to tell you, it's something I really noticed the last time I was with the president. I've I've had two recent rides on Air Force One with the president. And the way that usually works is that you really get the sense of how he's feeling because there is no pretense with Donald Trump. There is no show. There is no act. You get pretty much the same guy in public that you get in private. And it's one of the things I love most about him, how authentic he is and uh, just how how willing to share his thoughts he is. So, you know, I remember traveling with him, you know, several weeks ago down to Florida to the SpaceX launch. And there was just a, a different approach, a different I think uh, ability to kind of hone in on where our country is right now in this moment that we see during the town hall that uh, I also saw in uh, in our in our Phoenix trip Uh, when the president was in Phoenix I thought he really started to get great clarity of message these riots these protests they are not about police brutality I don't even think they're about race I think they are about a Like neo-Marxist desire to go and overthrow our existing regime of government. Uh, I think that these are people who have a fundamental grievance with the way our country operates and they want to replace America. And so I think this is our politics today are about whether or not America should just be abolished and essentially restarted, which is what you see on the streets with the beginning of the abolition of our history, with the desire to attack our police, with members of Congress raising money for organizations that want to eliminate borders and eliminate prisons. I mean, you name it. The president has also demonstrated a real understanding for what we're facing and what we're up against in some of his recent tweets. Uh, He said on Twitter, Black Lives Matter leader states, if the U.S. doesn't give us what we want." then we will burn this system down and replace it. And the president replied, this is treason, sedition, insurrection. President Trump is absolutely right. Those who are trying to burn down America should face up against patriotic Americans who are willing to defend equal justice under the law, equal treatment under the law. The things that have made America the envy of the world. We are not a racist nation, we are not a cruel nation. If we were, so many people wouldn't be trying to break in. America is something to be proud of and to be defended, and I am so proud to see President Trump stepping up to provide that defense and to rally our movement. Asylum seekers, beware. You will not necessarily be able to hang out in the United States, skip your court day, and be in our country illegally with no consequence. The Trump administration scores a huge win in the Supreme Court, a 7-2 decision, the majority opinion very well written by Justice Alito, and he essentially holds that the Trump administration has the ability to remove people from the United States who have no legal right to be here, who have been granted no right by no judge or no tribunal. They have merely shown up to our country illegally. They have been apprehended for being here illegally. And by the way, unlawful entry into the country is a crime. I know folks on the left just like to say, oh, well, these folks are undocumented. But the reality is, if you break the law getting here, you are not undocumented. You are a a documented criminal because there is a criminal statute that says that unlawful entry is illegal. But back to these folks claiming asylum, it used to be the case that they would just show up, say the right words to qualify for asylum just that they're scared that they have credible fear and then they would be given a court date that you know nine out of every ten were not showing up for and so then those folks would just be in america you know some of them would have kids that would then be uh, working to claim their parents under um, under some sort of visa policy and so it was a scam to claim asylum And it was a joke for a country that was not serious about securing the border until the Trump administration. The Trump administration takes the position that folks should not just get the right to await their asylum claim here, that if they have a real asylum claim, you know, they they may have to wait for that claim elsewhere until it is granted and we invite them with, by the way, the most generous asylum rules really in the history of the world when you look at the United States over time. So now we've got a situation where these removals can occur these folks uh, will not be able to abuse the system, and I am grateful that the Trump administration got this win. We, we are seeing illegal immigration from the Northern Triangle decrease, not because things are getting a whole heck of a lot better in the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, Salvador, El Salvador, and Honduras, instead because we've changed our policies. We are not doing catch and release. We have built 200 miles of wall, and we are reforming our asylum system so that we are not taken advantage of. That is America first immigration policy, and I'm glad the Trump administration got this monumental victory. Oh, poor Joe Biden. They've let him out of the basement and listened to what he had to say.
2: Necessarily, now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. I
0: think the president and Sean Hannity had a little bit of fun with it in their exchange leading up to their town hall. Here's Sean and the president. You know,
1: Joe left his bunker for five minutes, and, well, he had another gaffe, said 120 million people now wow. have died in, from coronavirus. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Did he say that? Yes, he did.
2: So that's a third of our population. That's, that's,
1: that would be, that's be off bad. by a
2: little, uh, quite a lot. I mean, he said that. Yes, sir. It's too yeah. bad. I don't make
1: things up. No, I'm, not, not, honestly, I'm not fake news. I do real can news. Can I be
2: honest? It's too bad. It's too bad, mm. but you know, I want to be a nice guy. I think I am a nice guy. I'm proud of being. I love people,
1: Yeah.
2: but my most important job is to run this country great. I built it once so great. Turn it off. Now we're doing it again. And it's happening. And you ready so, to roll. It's going to be better than ever. But here's the thing. I've got to do that. Folk. You know, I, I, I. This is serious business. We can't have somebody. That's a mistake. That's not a mistake. That's a serious error. When he says he's running for the US Senate, that's a serious error. When he says, I'm going to beat Joe Biden, which got very little coverage, Um, that's not like an error. Gee, it's a slip up. That's a serious error. So when you just told me that I hadn't heard that, that just happened, I guess. Yes, it did. This is
0: not good for Joe Biden because it is the repeating signal that he has a problem keeping it together. And I, I obviously don't wish that on anyone obviously people's health is more important than politics but this is someone who who obviously is struggling to just kind of stay with it in terms of where he is who he's talking to what he's saying and some basic facts that's not somebody that uh uh, that we need as president it's just pretty pretty basic and simple as that what is life like in the woketopia that's what they're looking to find out in the Minnesota town of Powderhorn Park where initially they vowed not to call the police that was that was their virtue signal to hoist the flag of the Woketopia, that they would not call the police and soon they found over 300 homeless had moved in and they were dealing with a pretty intense volume of drug dealers who would come to the area for their trade craft and here's a here's a comment from Kerry Night and Shade, age 44. I'm not being judgmental, explaining that she no longer allows her children, ages 12 and nine, to play in the park by themselves. It's not personal, it's just not safe. Uh, Another resident, Michael Erickson, said he regretted calling 911 when two black teenagers cornered him a block away from his home, held a gun to his chest, and demanded his car keys. He said he mistakenly handed over his house keys and the frustrated teams left him only to steal another car a few blocks away. Wow. He regrets calling the police when two people pulled a gun on him and took his house keys. And then when they weren't the car keys, they went and did it to someone else. So this is this is what the, you know the kind of uh, political movement that brands itself as Black Lives Matter and Defund the police really intends to bring to your neighborhood. Uh, you can't let your kids play outside. You have to deal with the homeless and the drug addicts and the drug dealers. And if you get the gun pulled on you, you either can't call the police because they aren't there or you're going to regret it because it's really your fault. If you get hung up in these types of circumstances, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous that anyone would think that they owe it to someone else to live like this based on, like, sins of ancestors from hundreds of years ago. Uh, the, the piece that uh, we cite is Danielle Wallace on Fox News. She's linked to reporting from other places about Powderhorn Park, the new extension of the territory of the Woktopia. I'm here in Washington for votes this week, and I got to see my good friend, one of my best friends in Congress, Thomas Massey and i got to congratulate him in person for his big win in his primary election and thomas was someone that members of our leadership had targeted liz cheney the third-ranking republican in the congress had endorsed and financially supported the challenger to thomas and i think that's largely because thomas uh, is not a forever wars guy and i think it's also because procedurally he does not always fall in line with the team if he thinks that people should have to show up and vote then he makes the call to do that. And I'm impressed with Thomas. I think that institutions like the Congress need people like Thomas Massey around. So even though the president whacked him on Twitter, even though some of our Republican colleagues whacked him on Twitter, uh, I am always sassy with Massey. I endorse Thomas. I made the maximum donation to him that I could through our campaign. And I'm just grateful to see him win, not just like by a little. I think he got like. I don't know 88% of the vote or something like that I don't know that oxygen is as popular uh, as 88% but I'm grateful that his voters had the confidence to send him back and I look forward to working with Thomas for an additional two years in Congress on this podcast I have carefully chronicled the tyranny of big tech and the impact on our ability to have fair debate and discussion in this country about critical issues If you ever wonder who's on the other side, particularly in the Republican Party, I guess look no further than former Ambassador Nikki Haley, a Nikki Haley tweeting, censorship by tech companies, especially censorship of conservative opinions, violates the spirit of the law and the First Amendment, but more regulation would go too far in the other direction, putting bureaucrats and lawyers in control of what gets said online. Either way, free speech loses. What does that mean? So like, I mean, yes, Nikki, it is absolutely right that if we engage in requirements for transparency, there will likely be lawyers involved to vindicate our rights. And that would sound pretty good for a lot of the people that have been just like straight up disappeared by Twitter lately. I talked about some of those people on the last episode. They would love the chance to have a lawyer be able to go in and ask why they are unable to participate in the discussion that hundreds of millions of people participate in they just had their rights taken away from them and largely because they're a conservative but i guess if if you have the sort of like you know conservative inc world view of nikki haley uh, you don't really have much to worry about from big tech i mean they're they're not going to shadow ban nikki haley you know who they shadow ban jim jordan mark meadows devin nunez and matt gates and so i guess the question for ambassador haley is so then what are we supposed to do? I mean, I don't love the idea of lawyers and bureaucrats being involved, but it sure beats just having a bunch of people who hate us in Silicon Valley, determining that because they were surprised by Donald Trump's victory in the 2016 election, that they're just going to rob the 2020 election from the voters. So I mean, the the way Nikki Haley ends the tweet is particularly strange. She says, either way, free speech loses. So what? We're supposed to just take the L? Like I thought, this was a movement for winners. I, you, know, I thought we were supposed to win so much we were tired of winning. But now we just have to accept like the grim and despondent dystopian fate that free speech loses. Screw that! I think free speech should win. I think that one of the reasons we have a Congress is to step forward and vindicate these rights. So it would sure help if one of my party's leading voices, someone who is out building a, a national desire to achieve higher office if they would actually back the efforts that people like josh hawley and myself uh, have introduced to try to reform section 230 the community communication decency act or define some of these tech companies as common carriers uh, at least to the point that we're able to get some transparency into their algorithms but no we can't win like that we can't fight for those changes We can't demand that accountability from big tech. Instead, we just have to accept this grim proposition that either way, free speech loses. I don't believe in fighting for the loss. I believe in fighting for the win. Congratulations to my fellow Florida man, Governor Ron DeSantis for signing legislation that was one of his top priorities as the governor of Florida. And I think it informs on some important national priorities regarding education and the importance of high teacher pay. So there's a lot of evidence seemingly suggesting that the number one factor when determining the success of a student is not the size of the class, it is not the physical plant, it is not even access to technology. The number one factor in whether or not that kid's gonna do well is the quality of the teacher. So the state of Florida had established a regime previously that was a recruitment tool to attract teachers that were getting some of the highest standardized test scores now i understand there are people who don't always do well in standardized tests but that do well in other areas but a lot of evidence and we'll find the studies and put them up on the at gates takes twitter feed but this evidence is suggesting that if you've got teachers who are very high iq that are excelling on standardized tests, that they are going to be able to teach to a broader spectrum of those students in a highly effective way. So we put cash into the deal, recruited better teachers, and now we're, really, we're looking at building out the overall compensation package to get high-end education talent in Florida. So the governor signed today uh, a an increase in pay for teachers that is the largest Florida education compensation increase in the state's history. It will mean that starting teachers in the state of Florida will make about $47,500. You know, that uh, is about $100 million in pay boosting just for that first step. Uh, There's also additional pay increases for veteran teachers so that you won't have salary compression in the system. And uh, the governor got rare praise from the Florida Education Association. I, I don't know that they've ever praised a Republican governor before, but they're praising Governor DeSantis and we're proud of him for standing behind Florida's teachers, recruiting some of the best talent. That will lead to better education outcomes and it will continue to make Florida a state I'm certainly very proud to be from. Thanks for listening to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Leave us a five-star rating and how about use that review box Tell me something you want to hear about an issue an item you'd like me to discuss always love hearing from our constituents and we hope you'll be back for more hot takes